Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. Oregon State University, the University of Oregon, and Portland State University have come together to form the Oregon Cybersecurity Center of Excellence. The center was created by the state legislature last year as data breaches at the Oregon Health Plan and the Department of Motor Vehicles exposed millions of Oregonians' information and ransomware attacks shut down the Curry County government. The center will focus on helping state and local governments address their cybersecurity needs. It will also try to build up the state's cybersecurity workforce and boost public awareness. B-Roll Yeshilada is a professor in PSU's Hatfield School of Government. He'll serve as the director of the new center, and he joins us now. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Dave. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What was the impetus for this new center? Well, the center is a product of six to seven years of effort, collaborative effort to bring this growing problem to attention. And every year it is increasing. Uh, Cybersecurity, thanks to the digital world we live in, has become a major problem and a challenge for everybody around the world. So we also know that no single institution, whether it's private or public, university or government research sites and so forth, can address the complexity of cybersecurity alone. This truly requires a collective action, a systems approach to cybersecurity that is both technical and human in complexity and the phase of uh, changing uh, technologies, computer science, software is going far ahead of the ability of um, elected officials to catch up with the fast pace of technological innovations. That makes a huge gap in response, uh, both legally and also technically, and workforce awareness uh, to the ability to fend off the bad guys. In other words, the, the bad guys move faster, evolve more in general than governments do. Absolutely. We're always doing a catch up hmm. in this world. Why do you uh, think and the cost it, is increasing? Hmm. Why do you think it took six or seven years to get funding for this? Uh, in terms of politics, it took a long time to get a coalition of public and private and university uh, stakeholders to come together. Uh, initial uh, effort was six years ago. There was a report prepared about cybersecurity uh, status of Oregon. It didn't go anywhere in the uh, state legislature. But then uh, Portland State University, for example, became a national center of academic excellence in cybersecurity research, a designation by NSA and DHS. Three community colleges, Shemedica, Mount Hood, and PCC are also uh, CAE institutions, and we got a big, big grant to study the vulnerabilities of power grid in the Pacific Northwest region of the United States. 
discussion of that once the word got out led to all of us coming back together and saying hey let's give us give us another opportunity to bring it to the attention of the state elected officials and representative nathanson uh took the lead sponsored the bill during the last uh session during the uh, middle of the last session that effort didn't get us uh the funding but we came back uh with tremendous support from local governments private sector regional governments universities community colleges school districts and we had a tremendous leadership in the legislature uh in the joint committee on information management and technology led by senator woods and representative nathanson and it finally got through and passed uh last summer hmm. and we are now able to set it up uh, it's going to be a consortium it's not just going to be the three founding universities forever this will grow the vision is to expand to include other universities and community colleges to serve the entire state uh in cyber security uh both education workforce uh training uh providing uh supplementary activities to the state chief information officer and the much longer uh tasks listed in our mandate if if you were the state's cybersecurity czar, say, as opposed to the leader of this new consortium, which is going to help out public institutions and help out the workforce and and you know do various adjacent things, but if if you were, mm -hmm. you know, if it were on your shoulders um, to be in charge of cybersecurity for the state, what would most keep you up at night? Uh, cyber attacks are going through the roof every day around the world, there is more than 1 billion cyber attacks. Uh, and it's increasing. What keeps what keeps me awake is the very poor level of preparedness the public has in general. In addition, the state of hardware, software, and training our local regional uh, institutions have uh, in terms of their ability to stand off cyber attacks. Hacking is one of the top uh, problems in this area, and it costs the world, uh, let's see, in terms of total cost over a trillion dollars because you have to take into account uh, hours lost at work, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, local you, governments you, you are- led with, You led with, with people, not with hardware and software. I mean, so mm -hmm. let's, and I'm curious why that is. What What is the, where are the gaps in terms of public awareness or or public actions that enable these attacks to be successful? Well, uh, social engineering is right now listed by many cybersecurity experts to be a, the number one threat in cybersecurity. And when we talk about cybersecurity, we usually look at where is hacking taking place, which local government is shut down, 
and, and, and things like that. However, uh, we need to also consider the fact that over 80% of these problems are caused by human error. Starts with email. It starts with uh, social media. Um, the bad guys start uh, befriending people, the ghost accounts, and, and so forth. And once you gain the trust of a person or, or gain their mindset to agree with you, you can then have an entry into the uh, workplace there at, and you can get in through the back door. This happens a lot. Uh, so the easiest thing, for example, password, keep changing your password, but people tend to use simple passwords and use them on multiple sites which makes them even more vulnerable. And um, the ability to find out if the email is genuine or not that you're receiving from your bank, there are ways of checking this, very simple, but most people don't know these things. And even uh, people who are experts who should know better and, and have gone through uh, security awareness training keep making mistakes over and over again. Right there, I mean, there are plenty of stories of uh, you know various uh, information or security services themselves getting hacked in the U.S. and in other countries, the places that theoretically would be the most secure, you know, digital sites on earth. They too can Absolutely. be victims of attacks. Absolutely. Absolutely, that happens all the time. Um, and this has gotten more complicated in the last three years with uh, remote working. Uh, if you're using your home computer and logging into your company or university network, are you using their VPN to make sure you're going through a secure uh, link? And a lot of people I ask questions about, they say, oh no, I never thought about that. Um, and even when it is mandated, People get relaxed about it. And then, of course, as, as, as this technology moves forward and we get more and more smart gadgets in our homes, the more vulnerable we tend to become. Because we're creating more doors through which bad actors could enter. Absolutely. Well, so Absolutely. I just want to first of all, want to remind folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking right now about Oregon's new effort to beef up cybersecurity in the state. B-Roll Yashilada is a professor in PSU's Hatfield School of Government and the director of the new Cybersecurity Center of Excellence. My guess is that many people listening to us who, who work at at least medium size, certainly larger employers, will at this point be familiar with some kinds of regular data security training. Those are sort of often employer-based trainings. But if, if you're saying that, that our biggest collective vulnerability remains us, remains humans, remains Oregonians in, in the state context, will your Center for Excellence be, be doing efforts to reach out to all of us, or is it still in the end going to say be up to uh, the to Curry County, their Curry County government, to reach out to their own employees? Both. Uh, in our mandate, we are required to hold public awareness programs. This is going to take place uh, in partnership with private sector as well as federal agencies and state agencies. We'll be holding 
um, public webinars. We'll be holding panel discussions. We'll be holding speaker series. Uh, and we're going to be expanding this throughout the state. And at the same time, the center is mandated to become an information uh, collection site for uh, incident reporting and then sharing that with uh, stakeholders. Um, this will enable us through different mechanisms to work with local regional governments, anything that is listed as public uh, institution. At the same time, we will be hearing of their needs through the advisory council of the new center, which is appointed, uh, members are appointed by Governor Kotek. Uh, we are literally in the beginning stages of this center. We are hiring our uh, staff currently working through that. Uh, I am the director. There are two associate directors, uh, Professor Reza Rejai at U of O and Professor Rakesh Boba at uh, OSU. And uh, we work collectively. We are constantly meeting and we also meet with the state CISO and, and we will be holding our first meeting with the advisory council on February 2nd. The advisory council represents all areas of Oregon's public agencies. Uh, six members are appointed. They are non-voting members from the state agencies and the other 15 voting members represent local governments, regional governments, uh, school districts, and so forth. And they will be able to bring to us their constituencies, their uh, organizations or the people they represent, all the problems they are seeing. And as we look at these challenges, which are growing every day, we will be able to collectively uh, bring together our uh, experts uh, from the universities and also working with uh, private and public partners to address the issues. We just have about a minute and a half left, but briefly, what are you going to be doing to increase the cybersecurity workforce in Oregon? Uh, two ways. One is uh, we will be assessing and assisting universities, community colleges, and high schools in cybersecurity education programs. Uh, we'll be holding uh, meetings on that, as well as trying to bring, uh, bring together collaborative efforts for um, educational institutions. At the same time, we will have non-traditional student certificate programs. There is one right now at PSU for local government, cybersecurity resilience, that is funded from the federal government. Uh, Senators Wyden and Merkley uh, provided us um, directed funding, and it's on resilience and it's free of charge. We hope to expand these in collaboration with other schools. Uh, OIT is another site that this will take place, uh, and it will expand to other uh, universities in different geographic regions of the state along with community colleges. And the vision for the workforce training for non-traditional students is to have programs for different levels of um, 
target audiences. Some have no background, others have, let's say, some training in cybersecurity, but would not like to get more uh, training. So it, it, it's a pretty uh, expansive program with different uh, ideas of providing expertise. B-Roll Yeshileta, thanks very much. Thank you very much. B-Roll Yeshileta is a professor in Portland State University's Hatfield School of Government, the director of the new Cybersecurity Center of Excellence for the State. Monday in the show, we're going to hear from two authors who were at the 2023 Portland Book Festival. Santi Elijah Holly wrote about the Shakur family, whose presence has been felt from the Black Panthers through to hip-hop. Mitchell Jackson wrote about the connection between the NBA and fashion. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. Be safe if you're driving out there this weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Think Out Loud is supported by Stephen Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, Michael, Kristen, Andrew Kern, and Anna Sanford. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.